up our way. But uh, heed those, uh, those, you know, legitimate weather warnings. And, uh, you know, amazing that several people in the state of Michigan died yesterday just from fluky things like a road collapsing, yeah. um, down power lines. I, th- I heard about a woman that uh, died from an RV blowing over on her. Wow. And uh, I once was coming back from New Orleans, and I saw several semi-trucks on 75 on their sides. So, yeah, it's it's because of the square area of those mm-hmm. big vehicles that actually a lot make of surface them area. <laughs> more vulnerable to heavy wind. Um, by the way, a car is relatively safe because uh, you're grounded. So uh, don't always run out of the car. And if a tornado does happen, go to the basement, go to the lowest interior room in the in the house. Uh, the Weather Channel actually has good tips on some common sense approaches to dealing with severe weather. And well, you shouldn't drive through uh, moving water. Yeah, and That's one other thing dangerous. that I want to mention to people out there because they see this all the time—just uh, people walking around. If there's lightning in the area, do not walk around in bare feet. Water is a conductor of electricity. Mm. We are 75% water. That's how people die in lightning storms. Keep your shoes on, because actually your shoes, particularly if they're rubber, you're grounded. Common sense from the people down here on Gray Matters. Much more than you'll ever get from (laughs) Bozo and Darth Vader that occupy the White House, who uh, continue to be in denial about uh, virtually everything going on in the world. Including their standing in history. Yeah. And it's been a busy uh, last couple of days, all sorts of things happening. Yeah, and uh, real quickly on the Red Wings, let's congratulate the Red Wings. What a great organization. I thought it was a classic team effort. Very exciting game, too. I mean, uh, Pittsburgh... Clearly, I think we're we're dominated throughout the entire series, uh, but it's a young team, and they never they never quit. And they uh, had they those made it entertaining moments of brilliance where you could see that yeah, they're going to be a contender. Is yeah. the, I think uh, Mar- Marlon Brando once said, "Could have been a contender." Could have right. been a contender. Yeah, Pittsburgh has nothing to be ashamed of. They they will yeah. be back, but uh, I do think that uh, since the core of this Red Wing team will return for at least a couple of years yeah this is a team to be reckoned with uh for a couple of years down the line Hashik, i guess is retiring mm-hmm. no surprise there 43 that's pretty old for a goalie he's had injury problems uh, the last yeah. several years and uh he's had a stellar career so there's no shame in uh going out the way he has and they probably could have won it with him in goal um i was surprised osgood wasn't con Smythe. uh he really I mean, I, I understand yeah. the appeal of uh, Zetterberg, and I don't think there's anything that I'm saying here that says Zetterberg didn't deserve Oh, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that clearly, have, had Franzen not gotten hurt, he probably would have won it just because he was so dominant in s- so many games. Yep. Um, uh, but I, I wanted to single out a couple of unsung heroes. I, I really thought that Philpola... Uh, he played, was playing hurt, too. Played exceedingly well, and I thought that that second line actually in the Pittsburgh series in particular created more problems mm-hmm. for Pittsburgh than uh, the Zetterberg Dadzuk line yep. Um And he's a young player that made showed some brilliance, really hustled. He just surprised everybody this year by uh, appearing to be a you know 
top star. And then we got the hoodler youngster who had a fantastic playoff run, uh, considering, you know, he's another kind of obscure player that um, really contributed some big plays. And uh, Samuelson as well, that Samuelson, Philpola, Franzen line. I also wanted to mention uh, Brad Stewart. I thought he really, you know, it's sad that Chelios had to kind of sit out the Pittsburgh series because of the speed issue um, and his tendency to sometimes take a penalty for retaliation. Uh, I thought that was a pretty good move by Badcock. Badcock you know, yeah. he kept the younger skaters. Who was also brilliant throughout the playoffs. Yeah. I think he's the best coach since Scotty Bowman. Kept, uh, kept the younger defenseman in there to deal with Pittsburgh's uh, very impressive uh, bolts of speed and aggressiveness the problem was it was unsustainable Mm -hmm. and the wings just used puck possession to really dominate the series i think this i I hate to say this but game five they i think they uh they threw mario lemieux a couple of million dollars there (laughs) you know the penguin franchise has has been beleaguered with financial problems over the years and uh once pittsburgh got that goal to tie up the game that that was heartbreaking by the way Seemed like that puck sat there for an eternity, <laughs> and then it went in. But uh, congratulations, and it was impressive to see all of the uh, the people of the greater Detroit area coming out to support the, the Red Wings, which I think uh, remain one of the classiest sports organizations in the world. Well, it's one of the few organizations that players will actually willingly take a pay cut mm-hmm. to stay part of that group. Uh, it's happened a number of times. Uh, recognizing that, well, I could probably get more money elsewhere, but this is an organization that's very closely interwoven and connected and focused on winning. Uh, So, you know, when you're talking about the kind of money that professional athletes make, uh, you know, two million, three million, you know, you're going to make maybe four million at a team that's never going to get anywhere near the playoffs. Or you can work for two million and uh, be a consistent uh, playoff team every year. And the continued development of the farm system, you know, that's one of the things that I respect about the Cleveland Indians, for instance, that I'm a fan of. Um, They're not willing to go out and waste a lot of big money on free agents. Right. And I think the Wings overall have done the right, they have the right approach. You know, of course they make the occasional trade late in the season to help their playoff chances, but uh, I think that if you look at the core of the team, it's basically been developed from within the draft and some of them shockingly low draft picks you yeah. know zetterberg was like 97th if i'm remembering correctly and uh, they, and they find these players by scouting the european uh leagues and i think that's a, a you know if hockey has made one great stride and i think it's disappointing that more fans aren't watching uh, well, the, the ratings were up. Uh, th- yeah. These were some of the most watched uh, Stanley Cup finals yeah, in this years. Yeah, was, this was a marquee matchup. Indeed. I mean, maybe Detroit against the Rangers might have matched this in terms of uh, enthusiasm, but obviously because Crosby is a rising star, um, you know, Canada's quite interested as, as well as Don Cherry. <laughs> we won't talk about him, but remember you kids out there. <laughs> Stay well, on the, he, he deserves a brain damage award for, for saying that uh, the reason fans weren't, uh, you know, filling all the seats at Joe Lewis was because uh, they don't like the high-skilled European players. They miss the days of Probert and Koser and the slugfests. 
That's complete hooey. Yeah, I didn't hear uh, that comment, This is one I... of the most entertaining teams to watch sure. that's ever been uh, gathered together. And the reason that tickets were available is because the economy in Michigan is just awful. I've, is. You know, I've been a hockey fan for most of my entire life, and only this year was I able to secure playoff tickets. You never used to be able to get them. Sure. Um, season tickets are expensive, and it's a luxury, and... A lot of people have had to let such luxuries as that go. Well, particularly, you know, when you have to figure in the cost of parking, the gasoline, you know, right. I mean, going to the game can run you minimum of 300, 400 bucks. Right. And that is a serious outlay of cashola. Um, and yeah, I, Cherry's, you know, emphasis on the tough guys and, you know, the bangers. Detroit's always had. Small young bangers, you know. Yeah. Well, and actually, and this is maybe a good way to, to wrap up and move on to other uh, more important things. But uh, the fact that uh, Nick Lidstrom passed the Stanley Cup off first to Dallas Drake, I thought was a real nice touch. Yeah. Uh, because he is one of those sort of physical players who uh, really was hero. unsung hero. Uh, 15-year career, never been to the finals. And had um, started with Detroit, and, by the way. Indeed. So that was a really... Everybody always wonders, who will be the first guy to receive the cup after the captain? And I thought Lidstrom chose quite well. No surprise there. Yeah. He's uh, a sharp a, dude. A cerebral hockey player. And Indeed. I'm all in favor of cerebrality. And <laughs> There's not enough of it around. That's true. We have too many dumb people out here in, in this world. Um, the American people come to the top of the of the class when it comes to stupidity. Um so yeah, I guess we'll we'll leave it at that and uh, wish the wings well this year. And I think that it's very interesting to compare the wings and their uh, ah, they're just stellar organization over the past twenty years to what the Tigers have been doing. You know, first mm. with that boneheaded uh, mogul from Domino's named Tom Monahan oh, geez, that yeah. won quite a number of brain damage awards down here for his. <laughs> Stupidity. Um, Illich owns the Tigers, and it's quite clear that they made a big mistake panicking, buying some high pi pay, trading oh. for high priced salaried older players, and they're paying a bit of a price for it so far this year, and uh, they may regret some of those trades uh, in a couple of seasons. Well, obviously, one of the stories that just will not go away are the gas prices. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, when you start seeing front page stories about a uh, $4 gallon of gas and how many people are paying 15% uh, of their income. I mean, I thought this was right. a very interesting front page story. Especially in the rural areas, yeah. they're getting yeah. hammered. And in the northern part of this state, for example, uh, many people have to drive 20, 25, maybe 30 miles to a grocery store. Yeah, and that... I mean, I, I don't mean to sound like uh, Nietzsche here, but <laughs> suburbia is dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's probably why you see so many houses for sale in suburbia. But, yeah, the, the cost of commuting is, uh, is getting extraordinary. And I, I neglected to bring my map in, but I thought it was interesting that the places that have been most affected in terms of the proportional income related to um, the cost of driving are in the red states. 
the red states that have voted for Nixon, Reagan, and Bush have contributed to these disastrous long-term policies. I wanted to just do a quick primer for listeners out there about oil prices because there are lots of different explanations for why they're, they've gone up. The most neglected explanation, by the way, that the media refuses to talk about is the Iraq War. Yeah. That's number one on the list. Secondly is the declining dollar. Oil is, is priced in dollars. The American dollar has been plummeting relative to the euro. That means it takes more dollars to get the oil. You got it. Increased demand from China and India. This is certainly a factor. And it isn't going to change, folks. No, in fact, uh, an item from today's, uh, from uh, two days ago's Financial Time, India needs to add the equivalent of about half the electricity generating capacity of the UK each year, or about 30 gigawatts if it is to maintain its present rate of economic growth. They need to, uh, and there's a constant demand there that's not going to diminish. And their their car um, consumption, by the way, I, I heard an analyst point out that it quadruples uh, every decade, and that isn't going to change. Um, Air conditioner use is uh, going through the roof there, too. Ethanol subsidies. This has been a disastrous concept. Uh, we've talked about this down here. The amount of petroleum that's needed to create ethanol is is a ratio of 17 to 19 there's no net gain there and this has had an impact on food prices as well and of course it's going to have an impact on all sorts of uh, other uh, well some governments are vulnerable to instability uh, because of riots sure um there's a recent study on uh, governments in the middle east uh egypt and jordan Two relatively stable supposed allies of the United States are incredibly vulnerable to uh, political instability because of these high food prices. Then I have some long-term uh, <clears throat> aspects to why oil prices have gone up, and these are related to the American way of life, which is why we're fighting in Iraq. I keep forgetting that. Um, of course, that's not why we're in Iraq. But... Um, Consumer vehicle selection has been poor for decades. Uh, the United States of America was given a wake-up call in 1973 as a result of our policies in the Middle East. This big bump in oil prices that occurred uh, on Friday, uh, one of the contributing factors is that Walmart is apparently going to be forced to resign in a political scandal <laughs> and the next uh prime minister is very hawkish and was talking about starting a war with iran yeah he's the uh, transport minister a deputy prime minister and apparently is jockeying for position against another uh potential uh candidate and is yeah basically threatening war with iran which would be incredibly stupid uh, it would further destabilize the region obviously and it would we'd probably see 300 dollar uh, oil and incidentally, a war with Iran would have an impact on natural gas prices here in America. Iran is the second largest, shall we say, possessor of natural gas. Uh, this is just a catastrophe, um, this sort of saber-rattling. And, of course, George Bush and various uh, Senate types have been doing some similar saber-rattling, including Joe Lieberman, uh, who will give a brain damage award. Uh, the refusal to invest in sensible mass transit. 
one of the interesting things about the map in today's New York Times, and I'm sure you can find it online if you wish to look at the map, is that the places where the least percentage of income is devoted to paying for gasoline are in the cities that have the best mass transit. There are also, of course, coincidentally, some of the cities that are the wealthiest in America, like San Francisco, New York, New Jersey, Boston, Washington, D.C., and that sort of thing. But with the exception of those cities that I just mentioned, and Ann Arbor is stellar in this regard, we have hybrid buses here. Mm. We have a fairly good bus system. And uh, it is much cheaper for the consumer here in uh, Ann Arbor, for instance, if they work in Ann Arbor and live in Ypsilanti, to take the bus rather than drive and deal with the parking issues. Well, I lived in D.C. for two years. You don't even need a car in D.C. Exactly. Take the subway, take the bus, take the cab if it's a late night. Um, Then, of course, there's the futures commodity trading problem. Uh, This is much discussed, and there needs to be regulation in this area. This notion that people can keep making a dollar here on Tuesday and then you know, buying a contract and then selling it a couple days later and then rebuying, you know, this garbage that's going on on Wall Street has contributed to some of the cost increase in the price of oil. Isn't that similar to what was causing the brownouts in California some years back? Yeah, well, the the defenders of this, and by the way, George Bush has already threatened to veto any legislation in this area, so we'll give him a brain damage award for that. He calls this free market capitalism. Well, this is baloney. If these people want to buy oil at a certain price, make them pay for it. Deliver the oil to their doorstep. That'll put an end to it. There's the tanker, dude. We need your cash. And you'll see, because these margin rates, this is this mm. gets back to the arcane aspects of Wall Street that uh, we need not go into here, but margin, limited margin rates um, were one of the big causes of the Great Depression. And... Uh, Well, we'll leave it at that. Um, Suburban sprawl in America. Um, It's no longer viable, folks. People are going to have to live closer to where they work. And, uh, you know, some places have so much suburban sprawl, they're running out of water. Uh, Never mind the price of gas. Um, Ethanol stupidity is another thing that I listed, but I think I just mentioned it. Um, two other things that, that I wanted to mention real quickly are is the total incompetence of the airline industry. Huh. These people consume an incredible amount of gas, or fuel oil, flying 50 people from Chicago to Denver so that they can make the flights, you know, eight times a day or whatever. Uh, this, this has got to change. The, these jetline... Jetlines have got to be, you know, they got to reduce the number of flights. They got to fill up these planes, and they have to change radically. This 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 is an industry that's being subsidized by taxpayers. Uh, they reneged on their um, pensions, their obligations to retirees. Something that I will quickly hasten to add that Ford and GM have not done. Uh, that is a credit to the big two. They have not said, oh, well, we're going to declare bankruptcy because we can't figure out what's going to happen here. They're, you know, it it is hard to turn around the Titanic, but they're making some changes. 
And the other problem is world population. 70 to 80 million people are added to the planet every year. The United States, under the policies of Ronald Reagan and the two George Bushes, both one and two, have cut funding to the United Nations population planning, family planning. Mm -hmm. Why? They're beholden to the religious right that is obsessed with abortion. This is absolute insanity and um, has contributed to uh, and does contribute to the fact that the world is going to need more oil. Uh, And there's an old saying that the best cure for high prices regarding gasoline is high prices. It will eventually change some consumer behavior. We may see a reduction in it, but there does need to be some serious exploration by uh, Congress regarding uh, this Wall Street speculation on these commodities and these margin rates that uh, these these traders are allowed to put up. It's it certainly starts to look like racketeering. It is. It's uh, crazy. You know, if you want to buy uh, contracts regarding oil, you should have to put up a decent amount of money and be willing to accept delivery. Well, it would also be encouraging uh, and a hopeful sign if there were some sort of pursuit, a serious pursuit, into alternative fuel supplies besides ethanol and biofuels and so forth. Uh, There are regions of the country where wind power is viable for heating and cooling purposes and electrical uh, and so forth. I realize that that doesn't really affect the way the petroleum supports the transport and the autos and and all the... uh, Commuting that goes on, but uh, you know, there are Michigan, for example, could uh, stand to reap quite well from uh, wind power. Yeah, and I think that Jennifer Granholm um, has gone in the right direction in that area. She's promoting that as a concept. Look at the amount of electricity that potentially w- w- was producible in just over the weekend, right? With some of this wind, uh, we've had wind gusts in the 30s. Uh, there was actually an interesting article in the Ann Arbor News about a fellow west of town that's putting in a kind of his own little wind oh, right. uh, turbine on his property, kind of a micro wind uh, concept that uh, considerable initial investment, but uh, this could pay off for the man in the long run, and this needs to be pursued. I'm not too sure what Congress is doing. <laughs> I'm not too sure. Sh- I mean, you know, I know that they're debating some of these issues uh, but this this just doesn't have the urgency that uh, is, is required, and uh, George Bush and Dick Cheney's uh, energy policies have been a disaster for America. We still don't uh, have the meetings or the minutes or the contents of the discussions that Dick Cheney had with the uh, fossil fuel industry uh, preceding meetings. 9-11, preceding the Iraq War. Too much secrecy. Uh, not is not good for a uh, quote democracy <laughs> and uh, yeah uh, it's no secret that oil went above 139 a barrel rising eleven dollars and 33 cents uh, and that is a record one day gain yes and of course it did come down a little bit today but um, these uh, high prices are certainly here to stay for a while for a variety of the reasons that I've mentioned Um it's time for some serious action. Um, and by the way, I don't think that the 
temporary um, suspension of the federal tax that John McCain is advocating is any sensible approach at all. That's a pandering to voters uh, in an election year. What's the like, money comes out of the mass transit right. and transportation. It's like standing fund. around giving out nickels to people yeah. uh, who are later going to have to pay dollars. Right. And uh, there are, of course, some traffic engineering things, short-term things that can probably be done. Uh, many many cities can get rid of red lights uh, late at night or do what Ann Arbor does, have some key streets that are all flashing yellows mm-hmm. and allow traffic to keep flowing because it's how much gasoline is wasted in these traffic jams is anybody's guess you can be sure it's a lot and actually you know the we sort of shiver at the idea of wow gas is over four dollars a gallon now of course they've been paying over four dollars a quart in europe for well over a decade but that money that's spent, you know, partly those high prices uh, are meant to discourage driving. The old European cities, uh, the streets are too narrow for a lot of cars anyway. But they've got an excellent mass transit system with subways and buses and all manner of streetcars and so forth. And, and yeah. Germany and, and England use the gas tax money to pay for their entire national health care. Um, America remains oh, one of... Two countries, I think, that I read this uh, in the top 41 industrialized countries that still doesn't have health care. I'm sure that will be a peripheral campaign issue this year. Unfortunately, it seems that the media is more interested in the fulminations of our clarity. <laughs> and that's spelled with an E. Indeed. The clerics. Right. The pastors, the religious <clears throat> freaks that uh, fulminate on Saturday, Friday, and Sunday for your entertainment, if not your enlightenment. (laughs) Enlightenment is an afterthought. Well, what else? Uh, Interesting item from, uh, and this is another cost of uh, the war in Iraq, uh, somewhat local in uh, Holly Township. A gentleman uh, who had returned from two tours of duty in Afghanistan, a guy named Lance Waldorf, uh, killed himself, went out to the cemetery, a military cemetery in Oakland County, um, left a note for his wife, and uh, took his own life out there. He'd done uh, two tours of duty in Afghanistan and was expecting orders for a third deployment. Uh, There have been 115 confirmed suicides in 2007 among active duty soldiers. Um, This amounts to a suicide rate of 18.8% per 100,000 troops, the highest since the Army began documenting such statistics in 1980. And the numbers, according to this article by Orlandar Brand-Williams of Detroit News, the numbers are growing higher this year with extended deployments. Yeah, and that's part of the stop-loss uh, concept that the, it was instituted uh, in the Pentagon during the Rumsfeld years. Um, apparently, contracts are sacrosanct in all walks of life except the American military. Uh, your your all powerful president once again supporting our troops. Indeed. Well, and of course, it's also this stop-loss program is really a roundabout way of saying we know a draft would be political suicide. 
Yeah. Speaking of suicide. I mean, there's already 64% of the public that realizes that the Iraq war was a monumental mistake. And real quickly, getting back to that cost of gasoline, I, I read an, uh, sort of an academic study that came out about a year and a half ago, a year ago. I, can't, I don't have it in front of me. But they argue that the true cost of gasoline for American consumers is about eight, $7.50 a gallon. That includes the military expenses hmm. that the United States has undertaken um, enforcing the Carter Doctrine. Making the Middle East safe for, for our military for dictators, drivers of Hummers and SUVs that fortunately have uh, vehicle sales in in, uh, in those two areas have plummeted. Yeah, I wonder what you do with a Hummer that's parked in your driveway when gas prices hit you know close to five dollars a gallon. And I guess maybe you make it into a doghouse. I don't know. Hopefully, there will be a rally of hummer drivers down on the mall of washington this summer <laughs> they can drive from georgia alabama kansas across this great land across well, the entire country just to protest now, now in ann arbor you can have chickens in your hummer oh yeah there you go just hens though no no roosters oh yeah that that is a positive development here locally <laughs> chickens if only we can figure out what to do with that chicken manure uh, real quickly, uh, uh, we're, as we're running out of time, because um, Yazoo City Calling is coming up next shortly here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. I wanted to very quickly, you know, the 40th anniversary of RFK's uh, murder happened this past uh, week, and I wanted to very quickly just read a paragraph or two from a very interesting book that I just finished. I'm actually still on the footnotes, but... Bobby and J. Edgar by Burton Hirsch has a little synopsis of the, the sort of the summary of the problem with the investigation into the Bobby Kennedy assassination. He was killed, incidentally, shortly after uh, Clyde Tolson, who is characterized as the normally taciturn Clyde Tolson, J. Edgar Hoover's boyfriend. Right-hand man and so much more. <laughs> so much more. Um was uh, quoted as saying, I hope somebody shoots and kills the SOB. Um, interesting. The investigation into Robert Kennedy, and I'm quoting here uh, from the book, the investigation into Robert Kennedy's murder was botched even worse than that of the president. I would dispute that. But <laughs> while Sirhan had approached Kennedy uh, from the front no closer than uh, a foot and a half and sprayed bullets into the throng around him, wounding five other people. The autopsy report from the very able Thomas Noguchi of the Los Angeles coroner's office stated that the three shots that actually hit Kennedy came from below and from behind. All had been fired at point-blank range, less than two inches away, evidenced by powder burns. Two punctured his shoulder and neck, and the bullet that killed him shattered his mastoid bone and tore into his brain. Well, that's somebody standing right behind him. Yeah. Might have been the guy leading him out of the Ambassador Hotel. Holy <laughs> smokes. about that. Uh, Kennedy's heart did not stop beating for hours. Follow-up studies by the Los Angeles field office of the FBI concluded that as many as 12 bullets had been fired, four more than Sirhan could have discharged. 
Slugs dug out of the woodwork at the time indicated by their scoring that at least two 22 revolvers were in play during the murder. This was an execution by a professional. Like Oswald, Sirhan Bashara Sirhan was uh, a kind of hapless reject afloat in the shadows of a mob-dominated culture, a compulsive